1029 The Hog presents another Bob and Brian podcast. This Bob and Brian On Demand is brought to you by Marcus Theaters. There's a big difference between watching a movie and getting lost in one. Find out what Marcus Theaters means by getting tickets to a hot new release at MarcusTheaters.com. Ladies and gentlemen, is that from Top Gun? No? Welcome to the program. Visiting Milwaukee this weekend. In another town next weekend or weekend after that, Captain Amy Fiedler, United States Air Force. Good morning, Captain. How are you? Good morning. Thanks so much for having me. Welcome to town. Thank you. I love Milwaukee. Beautiful here. Have you been here before? I have been here before, and I'm happy to be back in the Midwest. It must have been more humid when you were here before, because it usually is, but it's not now. Not quite as humid as South Carolina, so it's nice. Oh, okay. Let, let's, right. let's start there with the weather. Humidity, mm-hmm. does that affect what you're doing this weekend? Uh, not super. Uh, really what affects us is what we call density altitude, and it's a product of altitude and heat. So the hotter it is, uh, the engine performs worse, and it's all about the density of the air is what we're looking for, uh, specifically when it comes to the aircraft engine performance. Okay. There's more humidity. There's that less actual air in the air, right? Harder, harder to compress and yeah, it's a, a Yeah, air density for sure. You fly F-16s? I do. The F-16 Viper is what we call it. Wasn't it used to be the Fighting Falcon? So it didn't used to be. It still is the Fighting Falcon, but we affectionately call it the Viper inside the community. So anyone who flies the airplane or works on the airplane refers to it as the Viper. Okay, doesn't it, that doesn't well, – you're not confused, I'm sure. So All right, am. so how many names does this thing go by, this jet go by? It goes by the, <laughs> the F – F-16. F-16. Yep, and then the Fighting, Fighting Falcon, Falcon is the official name. Okay. And then the nickname for it is the Viper. It actually comes from uh, Battlestar Galactica. There was a ship <laughs> oh, on yeah. Battlestar Galactica the, uh, called the Viper. the Viper. Yep, and apparently people thought that the F-16 kind of looked like that, and that's, really? that's how it originated. They started mm. calling it the Viper, and we also think it kind of looks like a snake from it, what face the- on. With the paint job on it, they mm-hmm. don't they they kind of make it look like that. I know what you mean when you say it looks like a snake. Yeah, we put snake eyes on it, so it better look like a snake. Exactly. So let's start at the beginning. When you were growing up, where, where are you from originally? I'm originally born and raised in South Texas, New okay. Braunfels. All right, so you're a Texas kid. I am. And were you always interested in planes, flight, going fast? You know, from a young age, I was interested in being an astronaut, actually. All right. And I remember... I rented this book from the library that talked about path to astronaut and that military pilots have a really good chance at becoming an astronaut later after their service. So or I had Barbie. My sights. Barbie yeah. was an astronaut. <laughs> yeah, Barbie was an astronaut. I, one of the Barbies was, at least. That was one of her vocations. She's <laughs> yeah. had like 406. I did not have an astronaut Barbie, but I did have a book from the library that talked about uh, mm-hmm. being a military pilot. So I had my sights set early on in life that I wanted to uh, pursue a military aviation career. And then when I turned 16, I actually got awarded a scholarship they offer in South Texas through the Order of Dedalians, and they paid for my flight training up to my first solo, which was really cool. And once I started flying, I never wanted to do anything else. I took, you know, kind of a different path. I didn't go straight into military aviation. I flew in general aviation for about 10 years before I joined the Air Force. When you said you got hooked on flying, what plane were you flying? What did you go up in the first time? What single engine 
Cherokee 180. Yeah, Cherokee it was a Cessna 172. 172, okay. Yeah, in the Texas July heat with uh, no air conditioning. It was it was shocking to me. I had only been on an airliner, which are freezing cold, and then I'm in this little Cessna that sounds like a lawnmower with no AC. But you pop the little window open that you yell clear out of, right? To yes. Get some air moving through there. Exactly. <laughs> I can't imagine how hot that was in Texas in the middle of summer. It and was so hot. you soloed at what sixteen? I did. I sold it at 16, and my parents videotaped the whole thing. It might be the most boring home video you have ever yeah. seen in your life. You said you flew in general aviation for 10 years? I did. You, just for fun or, or commercially? Oh, no. So I went to South Dakota State University. Um, I majored in aviation. Okay. Uh, so they paired my degree with my actual uh, flying training. So I became a certified flight instructor my ju- okay. junior year of college. And then that's what I did. You know, the new ATP ruling came in where you had to have 1,500 hours to even go to an airline as second in command or um, a first officer. So that kind of changed my career path a little bit because in previous years, people would graduate with about 500 hours of flight time and go straight to the airlines. Well, that wasn't an option for me. So I ended up flight instructing my junior year, my senior year, and then for three full-time years after that. Uh, trying to build time to 1,500 hours. Yeah. And then... uh, Okay, so when did you go back to thinking about the military? That's a good question. I uh, got a job out at the Naval Academy. I worked at the Navy Annapolis Flight You got a job there. I did. As Um, an instructor? As a flight instructor, yeah. So I moved out to Annapolis. So you're kind of like Kelly McGillis in the original um, Top Gun. I didn't know they did that. I thought all the instructors at... All the military bases were military. military. No, so we did their summer powered flight program, and they would contract out the program to a civilian okay. school. And the Air Force does the same thing. They have civilian pilots who instruct Air Force pilots through initial flight training out in Colorado. So you're right. I, I also uh, thought the same thing, that only military pilots could train military aviators. Uh, but in the initial phases of flight training, that's not true. So Okay, so if you were at Annapolis, that mm-hmm. would be Navy pilots. Navy pilots, yep. And, uh, and okay, so when you decided to get into the military, was it a choice between Navy, Air Force? Navy's going to be, you know, carrier landings and all that. Yeah, the only time I'm going to go on a boat for an extended period of time is if it's <laughs> okay. all-inclusive and okay. you let me have drinks by a pool. All right. <laughs> so that's how you wound up in the Air Force? That is, yeah. Okay. That feels like a little inter-service shade you're throwing there. Oh, a little no, bit, of course but, not. I would but never. We'll let that go. <laughs> were you intimidated teaching these guys who were in the military how to fly these jets, or was it like, nah, I'm as good as they are? Well, they weren't as good as I was because I had all the experience and they were starting from scratch. So it was a little bit of an ego boost. So for anybody who's watched Officer and a Gentleman Mm -hmm. uh, with Richard Gere, he just decided he wanted to be a Navy pilot one day and went and signed up. Remember? That's not exactly how it works, right? Oh, not at all. I wish. I'll help you with that one. Maybe it is in the Navy, but not in the Air Force. (laughs) That's an Air Force joke, by the way. Yeah. So you you need to be qualified and all of those things before you show up at the recruiter's office, correct? Yep. So the path to pilot is a little different than just going to a recruiter's office and enlisting in the Air Force. You have to be an officer to become a pilot. But you have a degree Mm -hmm. in aviation from South Dakota State University, so... Yeah, so to be an to be a pilot, you have to be an officer. To be an officer, you have to have a four-year degree and a commissioning source. So I had the four-year degree, 
Um, I did what have is a, a commissioning team. source? What a does that mean? That's a great question. Uh, commissioning you. source means <laughs> that you have to have a path to be commissioned into the military as an officer. So there's only three ways you can become an officer in the military. That's through an academy, so Air Force Academy, Naval Academy, uh, West Point, mm-hmm. or you can do an ROTC program uh, that's paired at a regular four-year university, and then you kind of do military on the side throughout your four years, and then you commission at the end of the four years. Or what I did was I applied for a slot at officer training school, but I applied specifically for pilot And then I got a pilot slot and had to go through officer training to be commissioned as an officer before attending flight school. You explain the other two, and I get those. This one is the hardest to understand exactly. It is difficult. So basically, when they award pilot slots, they award them through the academy first and then the ROTC programs. And then whatever few slots are left over, they will award them to civilians or prior enlisted. But you basically put together an application packet and it goes to a board oh, and they select, you know, one or two, depending on how many they have available. When I applied, the region I was applying in was a three state uh, region and there was one pilot slot and over 16 applicants. Wow. So it was very, it was a very difficult thing to pursue. Um, thankfully, so, I had the experience. All right. So they just, do they just want to see flight and experience or do you have to write an essay or talk right, about Right, because you how, can be the greatest pilot ever, right, but if like your clerical you're, skills, you're, you're not a good writer, yeah. they right. may pass you over. Or like yeah. you're, you know, do you have to include pictures that you're in no. theater or be a <laughs> no. well-rounded person? Uh, or? They do. They do look for that. Uh, yeah. Your whole application, mine... My application before I went to the board took me about four months to put together. Mm -hmm. Um, You have to put your medical examination uh, paperwork in there. You have five letters of recommendation. You do have to write a couple statements about why you want to join the military and what why you want to do the job that you're applying for. And then um, you take several tests. So uh, that is really the bulk of what your application is, is they put you through testing and then you test in certain areas. So you test in a pilot area, math. Uh, English. I mean, you test the test is wild. It takes about yeah. five hours, and it's all over the place. Well, if there's one slot, I'm sure the test can be. It's yeah, very they stressful. Might as well have a lot of them. And, and you then, got that slot. I did. You got you. that slot out I of the 16, or were you number 17 as far as applicants uh, go? No, I, there were 16. 16 total, of you. Yeah. And how long ago was that? That was in 20. I applied in 2015. Okay. Mm-hmm. So in seven years, now you're going around the country doing air and water shows, and that's what <laughs> you're here for this weekend. That You have been fat. Well, it feels like from your story you've been fast-tracked. I'm sure to you it's been, been a lot of work every step of the way. I am very lucky. I, I credit a lot of what I'm doing here today to luck and timing, to include flying the F-16 and being the Viper demonstration pilot. I was kind of in the right place at the right time for a lot of things throughout my career, so uh, a lot of luck. Okay, so the Air Force, the, I asked that the Thunderbirds were the demonstration team. So what what is this? How is this different? Who? Yeah, another, Explain a little bit. Man, you guys have good questions. So Thunderbirds. Thank you again. <laughs> Thunderbirds yes. and Blue Angels. They're we're, a flight. We're highly respected in the <laughs> oh, community, okay. just so you know. I'll stop complimenting you then. We'll just assume all of your questions are good questions from here on out. And it took her 10 minutes to treat me like every other woman in my <laughs> life. There we go. <laughs> wow. But, but you're not the Thunderbirds. We're not the Thunderbirds. So uh, I always talk about the Thunderbirds and the Blue Angels. They're a flight demonstration team, and it's a little bit more of a ballet. So they are showing you the discipline and precision that we offer in the military aviation world. And it's really cool. 
Now, single ship demonstration teams, which is what we are, what we do is there's only one plane in the sky during the our part of the show, okay. and we're giving you a combat capabilities demonstration. So unlike the Thunderbirds and Blue Angels, I'm able to max perform the aircraft because I don't have to worry about hitting anybody else out there. So I'm going to show you just how fast the jet can go, how quickly I can climb. I climb from 300 feet to over three miles in the sky in under 10 seconds. Okay, stop right there. I have to stop you. How many Gs are you pulling when you when you pull that thing up like that? Uh, I will pull nine times the force of gravity up to 15 times now, during the demonstration. Every time they have a reporter in a jet, they black out. That's the <laughs> shot they want, their head going down. How do you? What do you do to keep yourself from blacking out at that point? Because that's incredible force being pushed on your body. It is. The word I use to describe the demonstration that I fly is violent. Uh, you can find YouTube videos out there or look at my GoPro footage on our social media accounts. And you're looking at just how tossed around I am as the pilot inside of this incredible death machine. Uh, when I'm pulling <laughs> nine Gs, really, it's I equivalent it to a HIIT workout. It's about 20 minutes of a HIIT workout because I, my body's under so much pressure and force. Um, it's A lot of it's muscle memory at this point because I've been through so much training to learn how to withstand that pressure. But even, you know, if you get lazy, I can tell right away uh, when I'm not straining properly. And so I have to put in a lot of uh, mental energy. Well, the guys in sure Top Gun Maverick seem to be having a tough time with the 9Gs and the, well, the F-18 a- Hornets. Okay, I got to spoil something for you. Okay. Yeah. They never pulled more than seven. Yeah. And we're pulling more than, we pulled mm-hmm. nine. Mm-hmm. So the. It said on the little gauge readout it was. Nine. I know. Isn't that shocking? I mean, yes. Do you, Hollywood why do you is say 100% it was never more accurate. than seven? Why is he just. Oh, I'm, you're shading the, the Hornet. Then. I'm not shading them at all. Their, okay. l- l- their aircraft is G limited to seven and a half Gs, uh-huh. which is why the F-16 is so cool because our plane is one of the <laughs> only in the U.S. military inventory that can not just pull nine times the force of gravity, it can sustain nine times the force of gravity. So you're How flying long has the, the F-16 be- been around now? Oh, Since a long time. 80s, Longer than right? me. Yeah, it's been a long time. When's the, the last time you blew something up from an airplane? Uh, two years ago. Two? Mm-hmm. What's is that a, a lot of fun? It is fun. It's mm-hmm. cool to see all the studying that you do. Uh, what come did to you fruition. blow up? Oh, it was just a. It was a truck, but it was for practice. They gave us live well, yeah, weapons I, to I go out. I assume it practice. wasn't real people. It wasn't. No, we <laughs> were on a have, training range. You may have answered this just now, but what's the coolest part of flying the the F the F sixteen? The coolest part of flying it is all the capabilities that the jet has. We, I call it the Lego jet because you can click different things onto this jet. Pods, weapons, you can fly an air-to-air mission, you can fly an air-to-ground mission. It's the coolest part of the S-16, and it's also the most challenging because you have to be an expert at a ton of different things all at one time. So it's a lot of studying to keep do up with it. One and two-seat versions? We, have, we do have a D model. We call it the family model. Um, we typically only fly that if we're trying to make a reporter pass mm-hmm. out. Yeah. Or... Right. That's the show. Right. That's, <laughs> yeah. that's the show. <laughs> make his head go down. Exactly. Now, the reason that's uh, – I, I'm glad you asked that question is you don't laugh. Mario Andretti was here one time, and he came in in a two-seat Indy car. It was his seat in front and then, like, the, the, the co-pilot in the back, oh. and he was giving rides from here at the station – what? <laughs> okay, I will laugh at that. Yikes. We don't bring two-seaters so, on the road. <laughs> so if you would have brought your two-seater F-16 here, it would have been like, well, Mario's already done that with his car. Oh, yeah. I would. You guys would not have been impressed All right. All. What do you do when you're not flying? Uh, do you fly in your off time in a 
So All I right. don't, to be honest, since I've taken over this air show role, I don't have off time. We're okay. we're gone uh, over 200 days out of the year. So I don't get to, I all of my vacation. hobbies have taken a backseat. Uh, when we're on the road with our team, a lot of us value health and fitness. So if we're not in our uniforms, we're probably at the gym or finding a really cool local place to eat because we like to explore all the places that we travel to. <laughs> okay. What would you like to fly? The F-16. What? That's you know, That's, any, I anything love on, the on a bucket list? Um, you know, I did get I have flown in a P fifty one. That was really awesome. Um yeah, the only one I can think of that I would really, really want to fly is the P thirty eight. When Brian finishes his P fifty one Mustang, you want to come back and fly it? Back. Uh sure. Take it for a ride. Yeah. I'm gonna hold you to that offer. How did you uh okay, here we're getting late here, so we have to we have to wrap this up eventually. But I could talk with you all morning. <laughs> How did you get your call sign, your oh, rebel? Okay. So this is an educational moment. Are you ready? So pilots do not talk about their call sign stories. And if they do, I wouldn't trust them as a fighter pilot because <laughs> we spend so, so many this, years. So this is a bad question. Well, it's not a secret. It's uh, cool to know, but we spend, it took me three years to earn my call sign. So we look at the call signs that we have on our chest as something that we've earned. And it's a point of pride for us. Well, so, then what do they call you on your first day? Uh, they, they'll call years. you the new guy. Okay. Um, they'll, when I was in Korea, the thing they called us was Misters, MR, which means you're not mission ready. So I was Mr. Fiedler in Korea. Yes. <laughs> I, my dad was disappointed, but right. I was carrying on the name Mr. Fiedler. And then, uh, every squadron has their own tradition and they have their own tradition for how they name new wingmen. So you spend, you don't get a call sign until you're combat ready. Okay. And so it takes years to get it. And then the last thing I'll tell you is that if you want to know a pilot's call sign, you have to take them out and buy them a drink. doesn't have to be alcoholic. It can be chocolate milk. Mm-hmm. But you owe them a drink because the call sign story typically takes about 30 minutes to tell. Okay. Okay. All right. Sometime when you come back, yeah. let's set up a lunch. Yep. We'll buy you a drink. You should have had a chocolate milk for me this morning. Then I could have told you the story. We can run back to the uh, soda machine. <laughs> Who prepped you guys for this interview? Well, we should have had a drink all right, One piece of paper. <laughs> one last question for you, Captain. Okay. Uh, Oppenheimer or Barbie? Which one are you going to see first? Oh, my God. Uh, Come on. We'll say Oppenheimer. Sure. Should I say Barbie? I don't I, know. You I don't say know. whatever you want. All right, Oppenheimer. It's your answer. Yeah, that's fine. There's no yeah. wrong answer. All right. Tough Captain Fiedler, welcome to Milwaukee. Thank Enjoy you. your time here. Be safe in that thing. Always.